up on today's federal newscast. President Trump signs a law to give back pay to furloughed employees once the shutdown ends. Now some lawmakers are hoping to do the same for contractors. The General Services Administration's lease with the Trump Organization will now face a legal review. And two bills passed the House to protect federal workers and interns from sexual harassment and discrimination. These stories and more in today's federal newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host, Eric White. President Trump signs legislation guaranteeing back pay for furloughed and accepted employees during the government shutdown. The Government Employee Fair Treatment Act also instructs payroll providers to start processing checks as soon as the government reopens, regardless of the next scheduled pay period. The new law would also restore annual leave to accepted employees after the shutdown ends. A group of 33 Senate Democrats want the Office of Management and Budget to find a way to ensure back pay for low-wage and middle-income federal contractors after the shutdown ends. Senators write to acting OMB Director Russell Vaught asking it to help agencies modify the terms of their contracts to provide back pay for contractor employees. Senators fear contractors will look for other jobs if they don't get back pay after the shutdown. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue announces USDA is temporarily reopening many farm service agency offices. It's recalling about 2,500 FSA employees to work today, Friday, and next Tuesday. Perdue says they're needed to assist farmers and ranchers with existing farm loans and provide proper tax documents. There will be a legal review into the General Services Administration's lease with the Trump Hotel. The agency's inspector general makes the recommendation, saying the agency ignored the Constitution's emoluments clause when it approved the Trump Organization's lease for the old post office site in Washington, D.C. GSA's general counsel says it'll also follow the IG's recommendations about the lease in the future. GSA looks to ramp up its work on Robotic Process Automation, or RPA. Ed Burroughs, a senior advisor to GSA's chief financial officer, says the agency has stood up 10 RPA bots since February 2018. On average, it's been releasing a new one each month and aims to have 25 bots developed before the end of fiscal 2019. More details emerge about GSA's plans for an $8 billion contract. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller. The Defense Enterprise Office Solutions, or GEOS, program will be a single-award blanket purchase agreement. The General Services Administration detailed its acquisition strategy to provide DOD with back-office services in the cloud on Tuesday. GSA says on FedBizOps that it will release the draft request for quotes on Schedule 70 by January 31st. It will then release the final RFQ by late February or early March. GSA and OMB say DEOS will be a model for civilian agencies to follow under the administration's Cloud Smart email program. I'm Jason Miller. Housing and Urban Development Deputy Secretary Pam Patinod is due to leave the agency today after disagreeing with the Trump administration's decision to block recovery funds to Puerto Rico. Patinod tells the Washington Post her reasons for leaving are personal, though. She submitted her resignation on December 17th. 
The House passes two bills to protect federal interns and employees from discrimination and sexual harassment. The Federal Employee Anti-Discrimination Act would require federal equal employment opportunity programs operate independently of human resources and general counsel offices. Agencies would also be required to establish a system for tracking each complaint of discrimination. If they find it does take place, they would then refer them to the Office of Special Counsel. The Intern Protection Act would give interns the same protections as federal employees. Employees. Both bills head to the Senate now. Top Army and Navy officials say their services have nearly restored readiness after years of saying it was slipping. Army Chief of Staff Mark Milley says modest growth, increased training, and new equipment have the service prepared for the global threats of today. Similarly, Vice Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Bill Moran says his service is on a better trajectory as it makes a dent in its maintenance backlog. The Navy extends its contract with General Dynamics IT to support the Naval Enterprise Network for as much as 16 more months. The one-base contract with a four-month option continues IT services as the Navy transitions to the next-generation Enterprise Network, which provides new features and faster IT service. The contract could be worth up to $168 million through May of 2020. The Navy is dipping its toe into the world of commercial multi-factor authentication. Details from Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. As part of a beta test, the Navy is letting sailors access their personnel records via a mobile app that verifies their identities with commercial technologies. It's the first time sailors have been able to access those sorts of records without using DOD's common access card. The Navy says the My Record app will operate in read-only mode for now, but developers will continue to improve it based on sailor feedback during the beta test. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. A Georgia man is arrested for plotting to use an anti-tank rocket to storm into the White House. The FBI says Hasher Jalal Taheb was arrested after trading his car for guns and explosives. A source tells the agency he was looking to carry out an attack on the White House and the Statue of Liberty. Health and Human Services claims a victory in the never-ending battle against identity theft. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services says it sent out millions of new Medicare cards with no Social Security numbers. 61 million, to be exact, three months ahead of a deadline imposed by Congress. Instead of the SSA, the new cards have another randomly generated alphanumeric string CMS calls the Medicare Beneficiary Identifier. Officials say half of incoming claims already use that identifier. I'm Tom Temin. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. 